You're listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. So, Jeff, Christmas is quickly approaching. It's almost Christmas time. It's going to be so great. Have you guys got your tree up? Any fun traditions that you guys have? No, no. We're we're notoriously bad at um, being ahead of the ahead of the schedule. Um, we're also notoriously bad at taking things down when it's time. I mean, we still got pumpkins on our front porch, um, and Halloween was almost a month ago, and and I keep justifying it to myself as then, well, it hasn't been nearly that long since Thanksgiving, and and well, it still adds some color to the landscape because everything's starting to get kind of drab because we live in Northwest Ohio. Um, to answer your question, though. No, and my wife and I every year fight about, we don't really fight, but we have a spirited uh, discussion about the benefits and drawbacks to a live tree versus a, you know, the tree that we've got in the cardboard box in our basement, Uh, because I'm a live tree guy. You know, I, I like to go out. I like to get the Fraser fir. I like to, I like the smell of it. I like to... I prefer Douglas, but... You're a Douglas guy, and that's okay. I mean, there's, there's, you know... The live trees they're are just so messy, though. Different, different flavors, man. I know they they're they're messy, and um, and your dog tries to drink out of them, and 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 all of that stuff. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm just for me, it doesn't get it does the 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 fake tree just doesn't cut it for me. But mm-hmm. my wife is a is a wise woman, and um, it it's it's more cost effective to keep using the same thing every year. It is, um, and you don't have to worry about how how in the world am I going to get this disposed of because, or house fires, yeah, or house fires. Which, let's be honest, I mean, I live in the house. There's a lot more, um, a lot more likelihood that there's going to be a house fire for another reason other than a tree. But yeah, well, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. How, how about you? You got any? You got any crazy uh, jingle bells going on? Uh, I haven't really decked the halls. At oh all. boy, um, you got that in there. You were determined to, and I'm, gonna, I'm proud I, of you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, I think that we're going to get one of those. I live in, a, live in an apartment, so I think we're going to get one of those little Charlie Brown trees. Um, yes. But we'll we'll see. I remember I used to live in a house with a bunch of guys, and we had a, literally a branch that I put a blanket around mm. in our living room, and somebody threw it out. Like the day that they I put threw it, in it there, out, they threw it out. That's so rude. The day I put it in there, they just said this is dumb, and they threw it out. But wow, it's okay. I've I've healed from that. Painful experience. It sounds like it. That's good. I'm proud. I'm not of bitter at all. No. Uh, so uh, with the Christmas season, there's a lot of hope and joy as we celebrate Jesus's birth. Uh, we look to a lot of really good and right, even beautiful things that are gifts from the Lord uh, that we put our hope in. Could you expand more on the dangers of doing this? How our flesh, the world, and Satan plays a role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, because again, this goes hands in hand in hand with with what we talked about, uh, you know, last week with with rejoicing in Christ alone. You know, this week I preached on what it means to to put our hope in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, what we put our hope in is then that kind of dictates where we where we look for joy. Um, so, if we're putting our hope in our our appearance, or if we're putting our hope in our family, or if we're putting our hope in these other things, then when those things are going well, we find joy in them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when, and when they're not, then we're just you know we're over in the corner with a with a black hoodie on, listening to the Cure records, and you know, or sweeping NF. our bangs over our foreheads and stuff like that. So, um, getting all emo, but um, yeah, uh, it, again, it's it's you know, uh, I loved uh, looking at what our hope is in as Christians when we looked at uh, the text that we're going to get to here in a second. But just looking at the promises that are true that that we don't have to. There's there's not a 
they're not there's not a condition that needs to happen there's not circumstances that could that could throw that uh off the tracks so to speak um and so when we look to these other things that again are are good and 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 nice and fun and not there's nothing wrong with them um but the danger of doing that is 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 now all of a sudden we built our house on on the sand instead of on the mm-hmm. rock you know to to quote jesus um and and the flesh we we want a lot of times we want to put our hope in things that make us feel good now or yeah. things that we understand fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, like, like we talked about uh, during the sermon yesterday, um, we don't fully understand what it's going to mean for the, the, the calf and the lion and the fat, the fattened calf to hang out together without the lion, you know, trying to have a feast mm-hmm. uh, because our world is so, so broken um, and, and, and just completely, you know, kind of gone off the rails um, and so the danger of putting our hope in things other than the Lord, um, you know, it's just it's just not going to pan out. You know, the world tells us to put our hope in these things that, that, that are so easy and almost cheap, you know, where it's like yeah. it's easy to put our hope in these things because, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to make me feel good. It's like going to McDonald's. Yeah. Like, I love McDonald's french fries for about the first five minutes. Sounds good in the moment. Yeah. Um, be, be, oh, it's, it's crazy. And Satan loves to, to, to mess with us uh, in, that, in that way as well. I mean, you look at the way he tempted Christ, you know, and, and he's just like, you know, I'm going to show you all this stuff, and it's going to look great, and it's going to sound great. Uh, but in the end, you know, nothing satisfies um, like like the Lord, nothing nothing gives hope like what He has promised is coming for us, and, and and anything less than that is is you know it's just it's just not as good. And so the danger is being consumed with something uh, that ends up consuming us. Yeah, I mean we are so prone to uh, insanity. If you remember the definition of insanity, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah, uh, and as a, in the sermon I was thinking about that um, we you're very right we go very often to other things that we know aren't going to fully satisfy us but we just it's our natural inclination and tendency and so we just go there and we can latch on because they're tactile they're there well we feel like we have control over them oh yeah you know it's and, and, and we controls one of the big the big root idols I mean uh, there's a there's a psychological condition out there called Stockholm syndrome where where uh, you know it stems from a bank robbery in Sweden back uh, back in the 70s, where you know people were held hostage for I don't remember I think 10 days or something like that, yeah. and they became so uh, just you know they they became so familiar with and comfortable with their captors that they actually um, when they were finally rescued it was hard to get them to testify against their captors. <laughs> yeah. uh, they defended their captors. That's the that's the danger of finding hope in something else because if we just keep going in that direction. Um, eventually, not only do we not try to find our hope in Christ, but we actually defend the things that are that are you know robbing us of of, of the hope that that is found in Christ. And so, um, you know, Paul would say uh, in Romans that you know our, our consciences can be seared, um, and, and and what we know to be what is plain to be seen, uh, we we would deny it uh, because we're trying to you know find hope in something else. Yeah. And there was something I posted on the Instagram. Uh, Don Straka, I think that's how you pronounce his name, says, when we, acu- when we excuse our sin, we volunteer as defense attorney for a thief who wants to kill us. Yeah, that's, that feels right. Uh, and so yesterday we, I mean, we talked about Revelation and Isaiah. 
Um, both are big chunks of of text of, of, of the scriptures, uh, and really, I mean, there's a big uh, time gap. I mean, there's about 800 years, correct? Yeah, more uh, than 700, less than 800, yeah. Yeah, uh, so about 800 years, um, and they're very much saying the same thing, even though they're completely removed. Uh, what were some of the differences uh, in that? Right. So, and I and I, I do this sometimes, and I, I got I put myself in a weird spot because I threw out the question. It wasn't in my notes, but I just you know it it, it popped into my head. I'm like, so how many of us you know what what's something that happened 800 years ago? Like with absolutely no idea how I was going to answer it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and nobody came to my rescue. So thanks, Justin and Mike, for uh, you know for really helping a brother out there. And I was like, oh, well, it was before the Reformation, and it was um, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Isaiah written you know right around you know between. Uh, you know, 700 around uh, BC, um, and and Revelation, obviously written by by John, um, anywhere between 80 and 95 AD, and so um, yeah, one was written. I mean, Isaiah they typically divide Isaiah up into three three sections, and and uh, chapter 65, which is where we were, uh, verses 17 through 25, um, was written um, after they got, after they were kind of come out of exile. Uh, the, and if you if you're not familiar, uh, I encourage you to, to go and and, and read uh, the entire book of Isaiah um, right now, and then come back and listen to this again. But um, you know um, uh, the Jews were were in exile in Babylon, and and uh, Isaiah you know was a prophet who um, you know was was God was using him to warn. And Isaiah uh, you know Isaiah was was written um, by by Isaiah, but also there there are some other contributors to to his uh his prophecy as well um but he was warning them about what it essentially finding their hope in something other than other than the lord and and then they they got put in exile uh, in babylon and and then they as as they were released from exile you know isaiah still like hey man you know this is what's coming. Don't don't fall back into the trap. And of course they do, because we're human and 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 kind of silly and easily satisfied. Um, but yeah, so this this was written to you know just right out of exile, uh, the 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 Jewish people. Um, and and then you, you fast forward seven to eight hundred years, and you've got you've got John. Um, he's exiled on the. Uh, island of Patmos. So it's interesting that you know both were kind of written around these 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 uh, themes of exile, um, but but he's writing uh, to the church. So one's old covenant, one's new covenant. And again, yeah. if that doesn't make sense, um, let's let's chat. Send me an email. Um, but uh, he's writing it to the church, who even though we 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 now know God in the flesh, you know uh, God with us, Emmanuel, um, still trying to find hope in something else. And, and and John is like in, in chapter twenty one he's like, look guys this is what's going to happen you know um, it's it's going to be and he's trying to do his best with with our limited um, ability of, of of human language uh, but it's just like this is what's coming this is where our hope is our hope is not in the here and now it's not in our circumstances now it's not in our you know it's like there's not going to be any more pain God's going to wipe away the tears from our eyes um, you know our our, our bodies. Are, are not going to uh, fail us anymore because, uh, you know, uh, we're going to have new glorified uh, bodies. And, and everything is going to be about, you know, enjoying God forever. And there's nothing better than that. And, mm-hmm. and again, sometimes we can't comprehend that because we don't fully understand. And that's why we look to lesser things to find our hope in because we do understand those things and it feels safer. 
Yeah. It feels really unsafe to put your hope in something that you can't fully understand. Or rightly see right now. That's right. Yeah. But uh, but that's that's uh, that's why God gave us the gift of faith, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that's uh, essentially you know eight hundred years apart, and yet the the story remains the same because it's it's true. Yeah. And so, speaking on that, talked about in Isaiah the new creation, and extremely easy, like you just said, to have an ethereal view of heaven, um, where we're plucking harp strings and floating on clouds and um, there's streets of gold and there's angels and trumpets and we talked to St. Peter at the gate and could you clear up some of those misconceptions of heaven um, in our evangelical world yeah, that I mean, we have? Well, and, and it just comes down to, you know, allowing allowing something to to speak louder than scripture, you know. It's like we, we let pop culture or, I mean, I can even think back when I was a kid and, you know, like Saturday morning cartoons and you'd watch like Wile E. Coyote would like run off of the cliff and die. And then you'd all of a sudden see him with wings playing <laughs> a harp. And like, you know, the the uh, the very well-respected and very well-read theologians at Warner Brothers cartoons, you know, really, really helping us to understand the truth about. Yeah, it's uh, obviously I'm joking. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting uh, when you actually look at what the Bible tells us about what what we what we can put our hope in, you know, the new heavens and the new earth. Um, Jesus calls it the new world um, in uh, it's Matthew eight, uh, Matthew nineteen uh, twenty nine, when he's telling his disciples about the new world. Um, Paul describes it uh, in Titus three. Uh, he talks about the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit um, that we experience, and how that's a that's kind of a forerunner for what the, all of creation is going to experience. Um, and and yeah, Isaiah is super. It's 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 amazing. He he says we're going to build houses and inhabit them. We're going to plant vineyards and eat their fruit, um, and we're going to enjoy our labor. Uh, we're going to enjoy the work of our hands. Um, we're not going to labor in vain. You know, it's it's uh, before before we even call out to God, He's already going to answer us because there's no, you know, there's there's no separation there. There's no, you know, it's it's just unhindered, um, just communion. Uh, with with God, like it's it's going to be incredible. Isaiah 11 talks about the wolf is going to dwell with the lamb, like we said. You know the, I love uh, the nursing child in in verse eight of Isaiah 11. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. I talked about you know kids are going to trade in their tickle me Elmo dolls for for you know a, a real rattle on the uh, on a rattlesnake. I mean it's that's that's how that's how harmonious the new the new creation is going to be. And when we look at how that is such a huge contrast to what we are actually experiencing now. Uh, it's just, it's, it's such incredible uh, a picture of um, how much sin has messed things up because mm-hmm. that's not how the pre-Genesis 3 world was and it's not how the post-Revelation 21 world is going to be. And that's just super exciting. And that's, that, there's all kinds of hope in that. I don't even know if I answered your question, but it it sure was fun to talk for a little while. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think you did. I mean, do you think there's any other misconceptions uh, that we have of heaven? Oh yeah, uh, that you could so just many. briefly speak on. Right. I don't think I don't think Mike's hard drive is big enough. You um, can give us the whole the whole list. Right. Six terabytes. Six terabytes. Never mind. I stand corrected. I can't talk that long. I'll need to go to the bathroom eventually. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, I think anytime we we allow culture to speak louder than scripture, 
Um, while it is a lot of fun and, and sometimes it can feel a little more entertaining, like I've never seen George Lucas do anything that looks like what we see in Revelation. So, you know, um, I've never seen um, anything as exciting as that. So, I mean, really, yeah, everything is a misconception if we're not getting it from Scripture. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the St. Peter at the Pearly Gates, I don't really necessarily, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really want to offend anyone right now, so I'm not going to try to get too specific. But, yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions. And just like anything else that, that pertains to our faith, I mean, the best place to to be educated is is God's, God's Word. And so I highly encourage um, anyone who's interested in that to, to really just dive into Isaiah uh, 65, 66, 67. Um, great chapters on that. And then, yeah, the, the book of Revelation. I mean, it's confusing as can be sometimes because of all the imagery. But I think, you know, if we just read it, um, I think there's blessing in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, What says it? I, well, that's kind of <laughs> where I was going with it. But, yeah, it does indeed. It explicitly says that. So, um, yeah, so that's, I mean, misconceptions all over the place. The only real, the only real place to find the truth about uh, what God has promised and the hope that we have in Christ is, is in his word. So, yeah. Now, you talked about in Revelation, there's going to be a lot of confusion. Is there any good resources uh, that are kind of trusted, maybe commentaries or other books that speak uh, biblically on heaven, how we should view it? Yeah, I can tell you some that don't. Um, anyone that's really had a movie made out of it, it's probably a bad place to go. Um, good place? I mean, Randy Alcorn wrote a great book on heaven called Heaven. Um, that's a very creative Yeah, you, you could you could start there. Um and yeah, commentaries. I mean, everyone from like Warren Worsby to D. A. Carson, and and um, gosh, there's there's so many. But I'd say you know, starting with the Word, uh, maybe getting a good study Bible. Uh, ESV study Bible is killer. Um, start there. And uh, would you, are you holding up it's your CSB? Oh, you got the Christian Standard Bible, yeah. which is another well worth our attention. Yeah, I just started using it, so we'll see how. And, and you like it so far? I think so. Jackpot. It's got two little uh, tassel ribbon things, so that's how you know it's good. That's how you know it's good. That's how you know it's good. <laughs> Jackpot. I'm excited for you, buddy. Alrighty, well, Jeff, thank you again. Uh, feel free to come check us out. Uh, Thirty-one twenty uh, South Burn Road. Wednesday night weekly at 6.30 p.m. and also Sundays for service at 10.15 a.m. You've been listening to the Glass City Church Podcast. For more content or more information about Glass City Church, visit our website at www.glasscitychurch.org.